We are supported by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I have ever tried. Now, normally I'm on here telling you about how I bring it with me when I travel. Yeah. I got to be honest. Uh-oh. I did not bring it with me to <gasps> Fort Irwin, and I hated it. I felt yeah. malnourished the whole time. Look, there's so many stressors in life, and it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits. This is where Athletic Greens can help. Their daily all-in-one superfood power is by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit that you can add to your health routine today. One tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 minerals, vitamins, and whole food-sourced ingredients to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system. They are offering Arm Cherries a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit our link today. You'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. So whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and efficient. Simply visit athleticgreens.com DAX and join health experts, athletes, and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com DAX and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. We are supported by Bob's Red Mill. Now, that is something I didn't forget. I brought with me five oatmeals. So all I had to bring was little cups, a little scoop of almond butter, and a yeah. little protein. And man, it set me up every single day. Now, the Bob's oatmeal in single-serve packets are amazing. They're ready in just three minutes by adding boiling water. Varieties include classic brown sugar and maple, apple and spices, and cinnamon made with whole grain rolled oats and nourishing flaxseed. No artificial flavors or colors and non-GMO and gluten-free. Now look, obviously I love Bob's Red Mill so much that I travel with it. That should say a ton. I'm taking up valuable Jordan space <laughs> in my suitcase for Bob's Red Mill, and I never regret it. It's so tasty, so filling, and gluten-free. Learn about lots of awesome and delicious products and recipes at bobsredmill.com slash DAX. And while you're there, be sure to enter for a chance to win an exclusive Bob's Red Mill prize pack and an armchair expert t-shirt. That's bobsredmill.com slash DAX. Hi, I'm David Farrier. We've talked conspiracies like JFK, 9-11, and Bigfoot on this show. And each of those topics can seem overwhelming, confusing, and at times, utterly unhinged. But you know what I say? We haven't gone unhinged enough. So we're talking simulation theory. The idea that this reality we're living in isn't real. It's all made up. The Matrix made this idea mainstream 22 years ago. I know Kung Fu. Yes, it was that long ago. But way before that, back in the 70s, sci-fi writer Philip K. Dick was talking about simulation theory as well. Philip's books would be turned into movies like Blade Runner, Total Recall, and Minority Report. But back in 77, he was talking about ideas bigger and trippier than anyone had imagined. So yeah, deja vu is a glitch in the matrix. Simulation theory has a lot of variations. It could be like what the Wachowskis showed us in The Matrix. We're real people with bodies, but we're plugged into a simulated reality. Or we might not be real at all. We might not have bodies. We might be lines of code in a computer. A simulation kicked off by aliens, or future humans, or a being from another dimension entirely. It's not just me saying this. It's Neil deGrasse Tyson. 
I mean, that would definitely explain the last year quite well. So, buckle in, with a buckle that probably doesn't even exist. This is the Simulation Theory episode. I've developed a lisp in this intro. It's really funny. I don't know what the fuck had happened to me, <laughs> but I listened to it last night and I was like, what is mm. happening? Oh like I'm God. saying instead of s- I must know your theory because you can't yeah. just like have a lisp for a few hours and then um, no, well, and I then did. just go, well, I guess I, I, <laughs> no, guess no, I, I had did. a lisp. No, the only... <laughs> <laughs> no, it would but never happen to someone. But that's the scenario that we're in. That's exactly what's happened. And yeah. so I've been racking my brain. The only thing I can think of is I got some retainers recently to try. Oh, oh sure. And there's a small chance that maybe I had them in my mouth when I was recording, but I'm like 99% sure that wasn't the case. Oh my God. We could have some conspiracy theories. I'm going to dive into the deep yeah. end. The yeah. simulation knows you're yeah. digging too deep. And it's starting to fuck it, with me. Yes, it made a little adjustment inside your brain, and now you have a, a lisp, which is very <laughs> exciting. But but look, mind you, yeah. had you not prepped me and said I, I, I slur a bit. And, yeah. Well, not slur. You lisp a bit, I, I lisp. For me, it was just on simulation theory. Where do you guys hear it? I did hear a little bit of a different sound <laughs> at the very beginning. And sure. Something sounded no, a little off. Yeah, I mean, I apparently <laughs> developed a temporary lisp for about... I guess like the five minutes that I oh, recorded that, that intro. Just the five minutes. And wow. I, t- I think so. Maybe it was there for the whole day. I don't know why. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing, but that's how it turned out. Okay, so this, you already wiped out three of my theories. One was like, you're in America and you're hearing our accent so much. I thought you recorded oh. that here in the States. So one thought was like, oh, you've already been infected with our hillbilly the- drawl. <laughs> which sense. somehow for you turned into a lisp. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's theory one. Yeah, so theory two was also United States related, which is like you're here, you're eating different food, you're probably partying, I don't know. I'm partying so hard. Yeah, you're trying different (laughs) drugs that we have Mm. here. And then, you know, that. And I woke up with a lisp. That's right. Yeah. Not the case. Which is better than like waking up with stitches. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Well, I I said to Rob, who produces the show, I was like, why didn't you tell me that this voice, (laughs) I had a lisp? And he was like, I just thought it was a New Zealand accent. Ah, that's sure. Yeah, you can write a lot off. Okay, so what's going to happen is everyone is just now going to go back. They're going to listen and Mm -hmm. they're going to listen for it. Welcome back. nobody heard it. Definitely nobody heard it when they listened okay. the first time. Well, that, look, what you just heard in the intro was a New Zealander that had developed a temporary lisp. <laughs> for a day or a for four a or five minutes. And, and acute... it might come back, it might not. I don't know. Oh, it this was, is great. It was an acute lisp, right? <laughs> it was just in and out. Then I think the most compelling theory or answer mm. or explanation is that the simulation thinks you're sniffing around a little too close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's starting to mess with my whole reality. Yes. And look, look, think about this. It could have done it in one of two ways. So it could have augmented the actual recording, or it could have augmented you individually. Oh, I see. Yeah. It could have made the noise come out of your mouth like that, or it could have recorded it in that fashion. It also depends a lot on whether we're all in the same simulation. Yes. Or whether this is, this is just a problem I'm experiencing. Mm. In my reality, you guys are computer code. I mean, we're all computer code, but maybe I'm aware you're not. Who knows? Let's dive in. What is simulation theory? (laughs) What is it? 
it's one of those things that I feel like people, when they get stoned, sit around and talk about mm. mm-hmm. a lot. The guest that I talked to for today's episode is Rodney Asher, who's a film director who's made a documentary about simulation theory called A Glitch in the Matrix. And I watched that documentary recently and was reminded that it was a thing. Yeah, mm. He tends to make films about really odd things. Like his last movie was an analysis of The Shining called Room 237, breaking down the most extreme fan theories of what the meaning in The Shining, which is a really incredible film. But this one breaks down this idea that we're in a simulation. Okay, but I want to say one more thing. Please. We're in real life, IRL. Yeah, IRL. You're here. You're in the attic. Well, we're in real life, we think. In quotes, IRL in quotes. Yeah, because we could all just be computers. Yeah. I mean, what is life but our perceptions of what's around us? And who's to say that this is a real biological thing? That's right. It may not be. Right. But welcome. Regardless. <laughs> but welcome to the attic. Yeah, welcome it's to the attic. real or not, <laughs> I'm yeah. loving it. Don't you think if this was a simulation, there wouldn't be tape across the ceiling and wires hanging out of the... Well, we're going to get to this. Oh, because okay. part of it is like our reality and like glitches. And it, is it too clean or is it yeah. not clean enough? Gotcha. Ooh. This is Rodney's take on what simulation theory is after he made his documentary about it. Well, The Matrix is, I think, most people's introduction to the idea certainly a milestone in the mainstreaming of it. The simplest version of it is that this world is not entirely real and that it's been created in some sort of computer, you know, out there, whether we're talking outer space, another dimension, or our own future. There's the literal idea of simulation theory, you know, that we're actually software running in an incredibly powerful computer. And there are people probing that. Like, I've heard stories of people looking at DNA and trying to find the equivalent of computer code in there or zooming in to the smallest element of, you know, an atom. Is there a smallest pixel level? And what does that mean about us being a digital creation versus an analog one? If we were analog, would we be able to get smaller forever? Or, you know, the furthest end of an atomic telescope, right? Does outer space break down into pixels at a certain point? At a certain point, I think you have to make a decision of whether you're talking about simulation theory quite literally, or if you're talking about it as a metaphor for the way that each of us construct our reality through our culture, our family, our our biases, and even our five senses that are only communicating our idea of the world via electrical signals going through our nerve endings. What do we think about this idea overall? Do we grasp it? Is it still a bit weird? It's definitely weird. We've been talking about it for two years straight. We think we might really be living in one. I mean, you were a big fan of doing this episode, Monica. You were like, we've got to do simulation theory. We have to. I'll be honest. Someone proposed it in the comment section. They're Mm -hmm. like, you and Monica believe in a conspiracy theory, which is the simulation. And I was like, you're absolutely right. And I don't believe in it. Yeah, we don't want to go as far as to say we believe in it. Yeah, if you had to give out of 10. (laughs) Backing down now. Well, if you had to give out a 10, 10 is like you'd murder your children to demonstrate we're in a simulation. Like, uh, what's the biblical story? The gentleman who's asked to kill his son by God. Um, is it Cain and Abel? No, that's no, those the brother are the brothers. brothers. Um, yeah. Isaac. I should know this. Yeah. This is really embarrassing. <laughs> oh, look, anyway, we got we got Rob that... here though. Look, I see Rob furiously typing. Also, welcome back, Rob. Yay! Yeah, this is really this is momentous. Abraham. 
Abraham. Abraham. Yes. He was asked to kill his child to prove his devotion to the Lord. And of course, he was about to do it, I guess. And the Lord, thank goodness, stepped didn't, in. Didn't, wasn't late, didn't oversleep and stepped in. But we'll call that a 10. Like someone says, mm -hmm. cut your arm off right now and that'll prove it's simulation. You boom, boom, you do it. Now, zero is like, this is the most stupid thing I've ever heard. Four. Okay. Oh, uh, maybe five. Yeah, I have a huge fear of chopping off any of my limbs. Yeah, so yeah. that's thing, even, I'm probably even lower. I'd be like a one. Oh, wow. Well, but the thing is, once we started talking about this and joking about it and saying like, oh, we live in my dad's simulation. That's mm -hmm. how this started. It was all a joke. But the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, wait, is it? I keep seeing things that appear. To confirm. It's like we've implanted enough of a seed to start to experience it's confirmation bias. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, a little bit. I think I'm just looking for it and I'm finding it. Yeah, once you think you've seen those glitches, you see them everywhere. Yeah. The thing about this is it's not a new concept. Like Plato was talking about this with his idea of the cave. And he had oh. the story that he wrote about where he had a whole scenario where people were chained up in a position where they could only stare at a wall that was in front of them. Mm. And there was a fire behind them. And those people's reality, all they saw were the shadows made by the objects passing between the fire and oh. them. So the idea was, he was like, our reality might just all be bullshit. This was mm. like back wow. in 375 BC. He had this idea. Whoa. So the idea is we've been thinking about this for a long time, that like this reality may not be a real thing. Mm. We may just be sh being shown something. Well, and also mm. if you think about Christianity in a way, the real eternal life is the one that exists in heaven. Yeah. This is almost like a laboratory or a test to mm. see how devoted you'll be to God and how you'll live your life. But that's just to serve the purpose of going for eternity to this other place. So this this whole globe is almost a lab for totally. heaven. Totally. I think like simulation theory is almost an atheist way of looking at something that does exist in religion. Because exactly, if you're a Christian, this isn't the main show. No, like, no. This is just a weird little test. And like heaven, which is literally eternity, yeah. is the real thing. So you're right. It's exactly the same concept. And I can't imagine heaven is this planet just for eternity. It's got to be some other, completely other reality. Totally. From what my mother-in-law tells me. <laughs> well, I heard I think there's clouds. A lot of clouds. Yeah. Sure. Just, just cloudy. Quick, quick sidestep. Like how <laughs> I do you, would hate it there. <laughs> how do you both feel about the idea of eternity, by the way? Because I really don't like it. A, I don't believe in it. And B, it doesn't even sound comforting. It sounds kind of like a nightmare. I get claustrophobic. I think you need Like there's end. no exit for yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I actually feel claustrophobic. What do you mean this can't end? I but no, you need an end yeah. for something to be good. You can't just have it go on forever. I don't mind uh, it. All right. I well, you're, if you're, you're in a fan. different lives, then there's still ends and then there's beginnings. But you know you have like more and more chances. I like it. Well, yeah. I will argue, though, that even with our opinion of it, if we were given a day-to-day -day decision, I do think we'd end up living for eternity. Like if you and I had the option at any time, like, hey, you can do eternity or tomorrow it can be over. And we took it one day at a time. I imagine each day we would choose not to end it and inadvertently end up living for eternity. But it is the overwhelming notion of nonstop, never-ending... Whatever. Yeah. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're totally it's right. It's kind of like getting sober. Like, if you tell people, like, 
all right, mm -hmm. starting today, you're going to be sober for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, what about when my son turns 21? What about this? What about X, Y, and Z? And, and, and yeah. if you break it down to like, no, no, just today. Just the day in front of you. And lo and behold, that can add up to the rest of your life. But no yeah. one could set out to be sober the rest of their life. That's overwhelming. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting comparison, actually. And mm. it totally holds. Wonderful. I love when we see eye to eye like this. <laughs> I think, oh my God, literally you and yeah, I can see ding, eye to ding, eye. because we're. This it is quite surreal not being in front of a computer looking at both of do you. Do you feel exposed? Is that why you put that computer there to feel safe? I do. I do <laughs> have a computer between us. <laughs> and now it, feel, it sort of feels like I have broken out of the simulation. Mm, and like yeah. this is now a real thing. It's we like weren't even, quite a metaphor. We weren't positive you were an actual 3D real human. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the but back to eye to eye really quick. We're also the exact same height. There's we are. so many levels to eye to eye with you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the The reason simulation theory kicked off in such a big way again recently was this guy called Nick Bolstrom, who, like Plato, is a philosopher, but he's at Oxford. He's probably not quite as smart as Plato was. He's head of this thing called the Future of Humanity Institute, yeah. which is a pretty cool thing to be in charge of. Yeah. yeah. He created it, though. Let's just add that. He created it. Yeah, it was yeah, his yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So Nick Bostrom came up with this whole argument around simulation theory. And his whole thing, he posited like a few different points. One of them is that to simulate a simulation that we're going to be in, humans have to reach a point of evolution where we're just so far advanced and our computers are so amazing that we can create a computer that has like little sims in it, which are us, that are fully conscious and aware. And that's how we would reach the situation of simulation theory being real. You'd have to be, the human race would have to evolve to such a point that they're able to do that. And isn't part of that, it would be mostly to model previous ancestors. Yeah. Like it would, it would be totally. with the goal of being able to go back and be with your parents. That's how I understood it. I was really excited for you to break down the, what does he call it? The try something? The try? Oh, the trilemma. The I trilemma, think, yeah. it's, not, it's, not a dilemma. Tri look, I'm not going to pretend to have my head fully wrapped around the trilemma. <laughs> well, I was going to say, completely I, read, insane. I read the trilemma and I was like, I didn't understand it. I can't wait to find out if you've understood <laughs> it. And oh, no, I'm not going to even pretend to understand <laughs> okay, that. Okay, okay. The main thing he's saying is that they would be running ancestor simulations. So they're not running simulations of like some random intelligent creature they're running simulations of like humans that once existed previous yeah. versions yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah previous versions to learn about maybe how they came to be or mm. or, or maybe they're just playing a video game but that's the whole scenario wait who is they so nick bostrom posits is that potentially they are a future version of ourselves okay what he's a bit suspicious about is it's a bit weird we're living in this reality where we're the only intelligent life we've found something against simulation theory that he's come up with is that because we're alone in the universe no human life or intelligent life has gotten past the point of intelligence where they haven't blown each other up mm. and self-destructed so the fact we're alone in the universe is proof that we'll never evolve to this point of being super oh, intelligent because no one has right and that we would inevitably destroy ourselves before we got to the point where we yeah. have that kind of yeah. technology and we're like we as humanity are doing a pretty good job of that oh, like yeah, the we're planets close. we're in pretty bad shape well right and i, and I oh share God, are we really is that what climate change is just the end of this no, well that's oh my God. that kind of plays back into what simulation theory is because some people think that climate change is actually proof that simulation theory is real because it's like a test that yeah. we're being given mm. this coincides with a thought i had and i think i've shared it on here but it was i was sitting around thinking well we never invent time travel 
Like there's proof of the fact that we never invent time travel or there would be people here. People visiting coming back. and they would bring us technology to fix this climate issue or they would bring us technology to totally to, to create them. energy in a way that's not destroying the globe. All this stuff. They would bring it back because they would know it was going to save their life. 100%. So my conclusion is we don't make it to a time where we have time travel minimally because no one's brought the solution. So we're not going to make it to a point where we can simulate past civilizations. Therefore, simulation theory isn't real. Yeah. 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 So that's one of his points. Mm -hmm. His other points is that we may get to a point where we have the technology to run a simulation, but we can't be bothered. That's another scenario that exists. There may be like advanced beings out there that just can't be bothered running a simulation. Therefore, simulation theory, not a thing. The third scenario, which is the one we're here to talk about, is that we can assume that some civilizations have reached that great threshold of technology where they can run a simulation. They've all gone around and gone, yeah, we want to do this. They do it, and that's what we're living in. Mm-hmm. That's the third scenario. Well, I think part of the number two point as mm. well, which I found implausible, was it's agreed upon. So in this future civilization, everyone agrees they don't want to run, go back and run ancestor simulation, and that there's maybe a treaty, and that all all countries with the technology would agree. Mm. You know, like mm. it, it coincides with his big concern is the ethics surrounding ai and super intelligence and if we don't have some guardrails for this technology it really can destroy us and take us over and it absolutely would yeah yeah so in his solution to that is that we should proceed with these agreed upon guardrails one of them being like the computer has to exist separated from everything else yeah 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 cut off from the internet doing its own thing you don't let an ai loose online yeah so i'm just skeptical of seven billion people ever no one cheating completely and you know there may not just be like one future amazing civilization there may be like you know the universe is infinite therefore there could be infinite numbers of civilizations out, out there that might decide to not run or run a simulation now in the third or that we're yes. playing in, would we say that we are all someone's video game? Or it's like they're all playing in one video game. They each have characters. Like there's so many options for what could be happening. Totally. One option is that I'm the one that is conscious, that's been coded to have a full consciousness. Yeah. You two are essentially bots, like yeah. non-player yeah. characters who are just reacting in really dumb ways and you're not conscious at all. I'm the only one that's conscious. I do think because of our egocentric nature, that that's yeah. the one most people we think. We think we're the player. Think most that, people think yeah. they are somewhere plugged into a machine yeah. and everyone around them is a simulation. But do you look like you? Well, I mean, that's the other thing because the Matrix kind of gives us other image where we are real biological beings who are like plugged in through a big cord right. into this other reality. What Bostrom is positing is that we're all code. Like, we don't have any bodies. We are just literally lines in a machine. Like, we are a little sim character. But then, how running then you round. wouldn't have consciousness either if you were a code. No, but that's the trick. Like, if the code gets complex enough, then I can be conscious. Like, what is consciousness is another thing, if not right. just a whole lot of stimulated Thoughts. things all linked. Yeah. And that's like a. I'm sure Black Mirror's done this, where there's like a little bit of AI living in a machine. Like, is it wrong to like flick that AI off if it's conscious that it exists? Oh, wow. oh so that, let me expand on that. So I think, Monica, there's a bunch of different versions, but the one we are literally just a self-running simulation. Imagine a video game. Mm -hmm. In the video game, 
is so complicated that not only does it know how to move anatomically correct, but it, it's also put in the information of all the ways chemicals in the brain respond. And so it deploys that and it has all the ingredients needed for everyone inside the game to actually function yeah. as a human would function. It doesn't require any human to be plugged into that machine. It's just, a, it's no on one, a hard no drive. No one's playing it. No, it's in a CPU. Hmm. The computer is running out a model. What would happen yeah. if this, and they create a scenario where uh, there's global warming and yeah. there's 7 billion people and they all have consciousness, you know, let's run that out. And so we could be inside of that model, that computer model. And they might be checking in right now going, oh, it's not going well for them. They're start yeah. It's like good place. They're starting to recognize yeah, they're I in. <laughs> we once had a discussion that if we keep talking about this, they're going to kill us because yeah. we're, we're threats. We're, we're threats. too far in. Yeah. Will we be a virus to the simulation? <laughs> So that one, if I, if I could just say egotistically, that one appeals to me the least. That it's literally just an independent right. model and maybe there's a quadrillion models being run at the same time. I much prefer the one where I am a real human in some area in the universe yeah. plugged in and that they've asked me what kind of life I want <laughs> and I bought a package <laughs> and now I'm having it. Completely. Because th that sort of... <laughs> <laughs> that I mean that, at 46 that, I'd like to make a new friend from New Zealand <laughs> <laughs> here I am uh, the, uh, yeah what are the odds what the fuck are you doing on the what couch? are the chances okay so <laughs> this topic is so vast I mean should we talk about like what some of the evidence is that we might be living in a yeah. simulation and Absolutely. maybe just like see what we think of this yeah the first thing no aliens we're here on earth it's super weird that we're in the universe that is infinitely big, as far as we know, and that we haven't been visited by aliens. Like, we're alone. A lot of people see that as evidence that aliens are running the simulation, and the reason we haven't found them is because they've just, like, got the little mask up, and we ah. can't see them. Mm. Does that, that gets make into sense? the lizard one. Yeah, it does. So let me, I just want to give some numbers. There's a billion, billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. There's billions of galaxies. There's hundreds That's of millions of, of supercluster galaxies. So when you just start thinking about... And humans are bad at this. I can't... Anything above a million yeah. is yeah. the same to me. That's the trouble. I need an illustration to <laughs> uh -huh. show it. Yeah. But I, I get you. It's like, it's so vast. Like, when you hear a billion billion, that's yeah. not... I don't in, even know what that means, a billion billion. Yeah. No so one a, 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 a billion Oprahs. Add, their, add that money up. That's just in our <laughs> Milky Way galaxy. And the, our galaxy is one of billions of galaxies. Like, it's yeah, so, so inconceivable. So, yeah, it's so inconceivable that we're the only ones that have consciousness in the universe. It's like, mathematically how ridiculous. impossible. And yeah. therefore, the idea that we haven't met any of these other evolved beings is completely ludicrous. Mm -hmm. And that's proof that, that we are in a simulation and that's why we're not meeting them. Now, again, just to counter that for one second, we do know the distances to all these places. We know the distances to all the stars in the universe that we've observed. And we know which ones have planets around them, blah, blah, blah. We know that the closest star system that would, could possibly support life is hundreds of light years away. And if we do believe that any life in this universe would be carbon-based, well, there's a, a limit to how long a carbon-based Life form. So the one explanation for why we don't see aliens is what group of aliens is going to sacrifice three generations of themselves mm -hmm. to take a trip to Earth, which they don't even know what's here. 
So you're going to have to ask the species to get on a fucking ship that's moving at the speed of light, which we don't mm -hmm. think is possible currently mm -hmm. with Unstonian physics. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to live out their life. They're going to reproduce and live out their life. They're going to reproduce. And also, what are the odds that the fourth generation is like, what the fuck are we doing? Turn this thing around. Like, So there are some hurdles what group of sentient beings would just throw their lives away for generations of their life, make that choice for their offspring and their grandchildren? That's really fair if we assume that it's all carbon-based life. And that you can't travel faster than the speed of light. 100%. Yeah. I guess the thing is, what if our millions and millions of years of history is just a tiny little blip and some other civilization operates in a way that we can't even conceptualize yeah. and has crossed that technology threshold and can go faster than the speed of light? Yeah. Or can employ a wormhole. But minimally, what we know now is that you'd be looking at a, it's a, a big whole trip. genealogy sacrificing Yeah, it's a themselves. big trip. Yeah, it's a big trip. <laughs> Stay tuned for more, if you dare. We are supported by Simply Safe. Simply Safe is an award-winning home security system engineered with the latest technology you want to keep your family safe. But what really sets Simply Safe apart is its people. Highly trained security experts who are always there for you when you need them most. These are people who truly care about keeping you safe. With Simply Safe, what's great is if the alarm goes off, you get one of these amazing people who help you. They'll get the fire department there, the police department. They're there when you're probably most panicked to help guide you through that. Yeah, it's so helpful. Even if you're having a problem setting up your system, a person who cares is there for you with a friendly chat and a quick resolution. The bottom line is when you need them most, Simply Safe is there 24 7 with people who care and experts trained to not only keep you safe, but to make you feel safe. It's one of the many reasons U.S. News recently called Simply Safe the best home security of 2021. Learn more about how Simply Safe can help protect you and your family. Visit Simply Safe, simply is with an I, S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash DAX today to customize your system and get a free security camera. You also get a 60 day risk free trial, so there's nothing to lose. That's simplysafe.com slash DAX. You wouldn't buy that theory? No aliens doesn't support it enough for you? Well, what I agree with is that there are certainly other life forms in the universe. Yeah. Or I believe in God. One yeah, of those One two. or the other. Yeah. So if there's no other life, then, then what the fuck out of a hundred, you know, trillion yeah. to the 10th power totally. of options, there's no other life. So I definitely believe there's life. And yes, I don't think they're here. Okay. No, fair. Yeah. So why aren't they here? I, that's a good question. But I think... It's a big guess. As yeah, to why. you don't jump straight to simulation theories, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is yeah, very reasonable. Yeah, a lot of people argue that climate change is proof. It's not something I buy into, but the theory is, it's like this whole existential crisis we're facing is like a little too perfect. Mm. You know, it's like we're being tested, and some people like feel that emotionally, and for their reaction to that is, yeah, this is a test, and it's an actual test, and that it's a simulation. So they think climate change isn't real. So are they climate change deniers? No, that's, not, that's a very good point. No, they, no they're, they're, not, they're not deniers. It. They're just like the fact that it exists and that Neat. it's real okay. and we're all going to potentially die out. It's like too much of a test well, to the, not be programmed. The one part of it I agree with is mm -hmm. like it is the frog metaphor, right? That you can boil a frog if you slowly turn up the temperature. <laughs> the the fact that it's happening at a glacial yeah. pace. Yeah. 
it's inevitable and it's just the slowest crash of all time. Totally. I think it's the opposite. I think it proves we're not in a simulation because I think it's the thing that is going to wipe out civilization. Like we're getting really close. We're getting really advanced yeah. and we can't. So it's going to be the end. Yeah. It's that ceiling we it's talked about ceiling. where we all, yeah, exactly. we all become extinct. Yeah. But let's say that climbing change didn't really happen for another thousand years. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. And then in a thousand years, they have the computing power to run these simulations. And they're starting to notice the very first signs of climate change. Mm -hmm. So they model this out. Computer, figure out what the best solution is. So we are in one of the models trying to Mm -hmm. figure out a solution. So Mm -hmm. they they kind of replicate everything that's going on. They put us all in there. And then they figure out within probably for them a nanosecond what the best solution is. They've got a million little worlds operating. We're one of those trying to crack it. Oh, wow. That's, I like mm. that. I like that to a lot. To yeah. their problems. Yeah. They're yeah. just using us to figure out their own I, world problems. Mm-hmm. I really hope we're the universe that cracks it. I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> me too. I really do. <laughs> me too. I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the other thing that people talk about, and this is like one of those real stoner conversations, is that this is just all way too crazy to be real life. And I think we've seen that a lot over the last four plus years really were like we've had some weird there's weird stuff going on Very. like every day you wake up and check twitter and there's something unexpected okay but i would argue okay. that's not a product of the world having changed that's mm-hmm. a product of us now knowing every single thing that happens in the world that we shouldn't know like someone living in a village up. in rural fucking ireland in the 1600s guess what life was nothing was happening mm. once a year someone got drunk and fell off a roof or whatever but other than that, you thought the world was very glacial and nothing's happening. Essentially, weird stuff's been happening forever. We just haven't known about I'd it. I'd argue more weird stuff was happening forever and just yep. no one knew about it. Yeah. Like, think about the amount of murders that people are getting away with, the amount of everything that yep. people are getting away with. People were shooting each other in the Old West. Yeah, there's like, now like a Netflix like eight-part like, special when, about every When crime. someone gets shot now, yep. it's a week of news coverage. We all mm. get upset. Mm. In the old west, dudes were offing each other every couple hours over poker. You just, but no one knew. Yeah, no, it's true. What about like that? All that really weird stuff you see on TikTok that's just like so crazy, like animals doing weird stuff, and you're <laughs> and you're like, that can't be real. Again, you're getting to see you know cats that stand up. And yeah, walk yeah, around. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I watched a video the other day of a monkey that was clearly a human being in a very colorful monkey outfit. <laughs> I think maybe this creators were just not as good at programming in the 1600. Like that was the early age of program of Sim. It was like Sim mm-hmm. One. Mm-hmm. Now we're Sims 40, and it's like they're really good at it, so we're more yeah. advanced. Yeah, no, I like that as well. Maybe the simulation itself is being updated yeah. as they go. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Another bit of proof that people say to support this theory is that there are too many rules. Like you talked about the speed of light earlier. Uh-huh. That sort of being the like the fastest that something can travel. Mm-hmm. People kind of go, again, probably when they're stoned, why does that rule exist? Right. Seems a lot like someone's typed a bit of computer code that's like locked in this parameter. Oh, like line 40, repeat to line 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the maths in it. And people look at yeah. that and just go, ah. Seems like a bit of code. Huh. Interesting. Like physics is all code. That makes sense because I did not do well in physics. 
Yeah, it is interesting that there's a speed limit in the universe. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It seems like a little bit too good to be true. Although I want to say, and I could be wrong about this, I am not a physicist. Again, I'm an anthropologist, but my understanding. You're an actor. <laughs> my understanding of string theory, right, and what I think they've proven is that they, you have these particles that are married, basically. And they can be traveling in opposite directions across the universe. And they can get across these huge, huge distances. And when the polarity of one changes, the polarity of the other one changes immediately. There's no gap. Mm -hmm. And they've done these experiments where they've kind of proved that in, I guess, super colliders or whatnot. And, and so that suggests however that information is transferred, that's traveling faster at the speed of light. Because it happens instantly. Oof. You know how like, like particles mm. can be joined and one's got to be negative, one's got to be uh -huh. positive? So they're joined, and they are moving away from each other in the universe. So they're light years away from each other. Just particles. Particles. Okay. And that when the polarity of one changes, the other one changes instantaneously. And they've observed this on a very smaller level. That's what string theory is. It's like there's a string connecting these two things. Yeah. That, so when they communicate immediately. But again, information couldn't travel. If speed of light was the limit, right. it, it wouldn't be able to travel and reverse the polarity for a while. Yeah. And that's the thing, we don't have all the answers, right? That's a really no, good thing to know. Like, yeah. we don't have them. Like, that, we don't know how that works. I intended to look this up before this conversation because I wanted to know the name of it. But they did just discover some particle that currently doesn't cooperate with any of the known laws of physics. And this is, like, brand new. And so this is what, to me, threw a big wrench in all the people who believe in no free will and that your brain is ultimately very predictable if you knew all the shit. Well, we have this fucking particle now that we don't know how to predict. It doesn't abide by anything. Big, huge mystery. Yeah. Yeah, I that's thing. That. We do tend to think we've clocked everything, but there's <laughs> yeah. so much more. Yeah, yeah. Like just our total lack of understanding of the human brain is completely mm -hmm. bonkers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And terrifying. We're like at the base camp uh, where you acclimate at Everest. Yeah. And we think we're at the very top of it. And we're like a third of the way up. The thing that gets people really on board with simulation theory is like a personal thing and i think that's how we react to everything whether it's like religion or our beliefs of about anything is like our personal experience of the world so i spoke to rodney a bit about this as well because he's made this entire film talking to people about simulation theory and a big part of proof for people is coincidences just day-to-day -day mm -hmm. things that happen that you can't explain away as just being like real life. Like it must yeah. be something more. Oh, I'm excited to hear these. So there's some of his thoughts on that. I've heard of coincidences, synchronicities as being evidence of all sorts of things, as well as simulation theory. I've experienced things that make me believe in fate. You know, an arbitrary meeting with a person that becomes very important in a way that feels like it was destined for me to meet this person in a way that at the time might have felt random. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily evidence of a simulation, but it feels like evidence of a plan, of fate, of a purpose. There's a guy who has this fairly complicated story about being in a car accident in the mountains in Mexico and how he survived one disaster after another. And he came away saying specifically, so look, I don't believe in God and I don't think that you know God would lift his pinky to save me. Therefore, simulation theory is more likely. The notion that the world is being controlled by somebody out there and there's a purpose and a point and things happen for a reason. If it's not my time to die, I'm not going to die. My mother fell asleep at the wheel and cruised over six lanes of traffic 
into the median and woke up on the grass without a scratch. And she attributed it to her guardian angels. Both of these people were confronted with the same sort of inexplicable coincidence and came at it with different answers. And if the same thing happened to you or I, you know, we might have different answers ourselves. So I really like the that idea of like speaking to personal experiences and how some things that happen to you do just seem like too too good to be true or too bad to be true, I guess. Like, yeah. I think about that all the time. Like Kristen and I lived in the same apartment 10 years apart without right. knowing that. Then later found out like, wait, I lived there. Like that's yeah. so weird. That yeah, is like, so weird. Of all the millions of people that that should happen. Yeah. It shouldn't happen. Oh my God. David doesn't even know about xanthan gum. Oh what? my God. <laughs> also that. I've got to yeah. know about xanthan gum. <laughs> okay. Really quick. So if we told you that we had sang a song about xanthan gum to an existing tune, does one immediately jump into your head? Like if you had to just sing in your apartment. Xanthan gum. I'm so sorry. It might be a cultural thing, but no. Well, that's I've good known. news because we want to believe there's some crazy thing. Mm. Okay, so what happened was Monica said, I'm getting very weird in my apartment. And I was like, well, <laughs> what does weird entail? And she said, well, I've been singing a song about xanthan gum mm. out loud to myself for a long time. First, I said, will you sing it to me? And she mm. said, absolutely not. Yeah. And then I said, well, what are the words? And she said, the words are just xanthan gum. <laughs> and I called her up and I said, was the song... Xanthan gum, da 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 xanthan gum, da 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 xanthan gum. And it was. No. She, dude, the look on her face I, was. I, I Facetimed you, her. It looked like she got struck by lightning. It was so crazy. <laughs> no, this is like that thing where you talk about something and your phone listens to you and you're served up ads. Like you must have heard Monica singing through the wall. I know. I was in Seattle. And where were you? home LA. Okay. okay seattle la okay very far apart yeah that is terrifying i know he was like what do you think happened because i was like this is too weird what Something- she rejected it yes and then he said what do you think happened i like programmed your sonos and then i was like did you yes <laughs> because so i hooked up her sonos and i was like what do you think like i like i listen on your sonos somehow with technology and she was like do you like she was, I was like well, that's a weird thing to say you probably did do that what have you done with that information have you just like put that in a little box in the corner <laughs> of your brain being like i don't want to think about this i didn't like it for a while I did not like that fact and now I like it. Now we've tested a few people. Yeah, because I said, you know what? As weird as this sounds, maybe that would be a natural song for many people to come to. Because for me, when I said it, Xanthan Gum out loud, it immediately was Xanthan Gum. Like it just, it felt right. And I thought, well, maybe that's a very high percentage. But it's so far, yeah. no. No one else is saying that's that. really, really wild. I love that a lot. It reminds me a bit of the Mandela effect, which is another um, thing yeah. that bleeds into this whole idea of why this yes. theory might be correct. Stouffer's stovetop stuffing. Stove, yeah, Stouffer's yeah. stovetop stuffing. Um, Berenstein bears. Yeah, you know about that one. It's always yeah. been the Berenstein bears, but everyone <laughs> remembers it as being Berenstein. Yes, but don't we? Th- okay, okay. So <laughs> Monica's here's really where, this one irritates Monica. Yes. So Mandela effect is, yeah, there's all these things in the world where people are often very agreed upon. Like, there's yeah. consensus. Yes, yeah, like, this thing exists. Exactly. Like pe- many people think it's sex in the city and it's mm-hmm. sex and the city. No, yeah. no. 
The ah. opposite. The opposite. <laughs> hey. Well, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yes, no, that's right. That's right. And <laughs> they're using it as like, it's evidence of the simulation or a glitch. Yeah, it There's was a glitch. something and they changed it. They changed it. the code. Yes. The raisin brand, maybe there was a sunshine. Sun with sunglasses. And actually yes. there was never sunglasses. The Monopoly man, rich Uncle Pennybags. Everyone thinks he has a monocle. Oh, oh that doesn't does have sound a monocle. Right. But in the, maybe in the animated commercial. He's never for it? had a monocle. Not even in the McDonald's Ever. commercials. N- he's never had a monocle. That, but it's how that we all. Weird. That's impossible. The, the one that. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm the, pulling my phone out the to one this, that debunk gets, that. You know, you should. The <laughs> one that gets me the most is this movie that people invented called Shazam. Everyone thinks that Sinbad was in this movie called right. Shazam. It never, ever, but, ever happened. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, wait. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you hold remember Shazam? Yeah, it's a yes, movie. Yes, but I thought, right? I no, thought Shaquille not. O'Neal wait, was in Shazam. Hold on. I thought Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal was in Shazam. No, like, this is what people think of it as Sinbad. That's what everyone imagines. That is just a doctored image. It doesn't uh, exist. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you're thinking Shaq of- Shaq was in Kazam? Yeah, but even oh. he, Shaq references Shazam <laughs> in some interviews. It never existed. <laughs> oh, I guess I thought that too. Wait, I thought there was a wait. remake of Shazam no, that no. just happened with Zachary Levi. Well, that's so, true. There's no Shazam. So basically, like, it was about a genie played by Sinbad. Everyone remembers yes, this. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you're not the only one. This is an interview oh with God, a guy that works in a video crazy. store. <laughs> what was um, the real name? Okay, so th- this is a quote from this article I read. One man named Don worked at his uncle's movie rental store and specifically remembers buying the Shazam movie for the store. <laughs> I, had to, I had to handle the two copies we owned dozens of times over the years, said Don. And I had to watch it multiple times to look for reported damages to the tape, rewind it and check it in, rent it out, <laughs> put it in the box. Oh, my God. It never existed. Oh. No. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm now looking up Sinbad okay, to see what movie. Okay, now you're getting into this. Now you're getting into the simulation theory <laughs> idea. Well, normally my my opposition to this is people oh. are so steadfast that they just like that people can't hear that they're wrong, and I don't like that. Yeah. So that's yeah. my normal pushback. But now this Shazam thing is really yeah. That I knew me. when we were watching because we watched something about this. That Monica just hadn't had the association that I had had with Stouffer's Stovetop Stuffing. Okay. Where I'm like, no, no, I thousand percent saw those commercials. I know it's Stouffer's So I'm Stovetop. not an American. I don't know what this is. So everyone in America believes there was a not product anymore. called Stouffer's. That's a brand. Okay, Stouffer's Stovetop Stuffing. It sounds like a product. It is a product. Well, it, but okay. it turns well, out there is a product called Stovetop Stuffing, but... It's Stouffer's, not Stouffer's has nothing brand. to do with it. But that to me is normal. <laughs> but unless. Isn't that great? Maybe they changed the code before I was born, after you yeah. already exist. Because yeah. to me, that's. Some of these not, are age things. Yeah. yeah. There's a big one that people remember having watched Pikachu as having like a little black mark on the end of his tail. Oh. He never did. This is the image here. A lot of people think that he had a little oh. black tail. He's mm-hmm. never had a black tail. It's always just been yellow completely the whole time. Okay. People think there's a hyphen in Kit Kat. It's just one It's just one word, Kit Kat. There's no hyphen. <laughs> oh, there was another great one just like That's that. Good. It was how um, one of the words was spelled, right? Like a leave or? Uh, Febreze. Febreze. Yeah. People disagree that Febreze is spelled the way it is. It's only one E, right? It's like yeah. Febreze. Yeah. yeah. No breeze. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a big one. But yeah, why is it called Febreze then if it's... What? A lot of people think Looney Tunes is spelled like Looney, like cartoon, T-O-O-N-S. It's not Looney Tunes. It's Looney Tunes. T-U. That catches people Nuh-uh. out. 
It's no. not. It's not Looney Tunes. It's Looney never Tunes been is Looney T-U-N-E-S. Tunes. T U N E S. Yeah, Looney Tunes. <laughs> it's never been Tunes. So these, the, Zach, Zach, these are our makers. <laughs> Can I give changing some, the code? Some real time info about Sinbad and Shazam. Oh yes, please. So my, what, you've what, been on your phone for the last yeah, yeah, quarter because, of an hour diving deep. Because my assumption was, well, he was in a movie very close to Shazam, and we've we've obscured the title. Guys, he never yeah. even played like a Shazam type. No, the, he's, Sinbad's never played Do a you genie. Know why though? He does have those big pants. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So what? So he had big ha- pants. Harem so pants. the universe. Yes. He wore hair. Suddenly pants. inserted into him into a film called Shazam that we all watched. Genie. That is crazy. Mm. What? Wow. No big Shazam. Pants. That is. Uh, that's. That's a good one. A good one. That's tasty. Yeah. No. That's so. Under, one thing I was there are a lot of them. We should the, ask Simbad. I mean, do you think he's oh, like? Maybe he thinks he was in yeah. a movie called Shazam. That would be the proof. <laughs> he could absolutely substantiate this whole claim if he said, "Guys, I was in a fucking movie Shazam, <laughs> and I don't know where it went." It would break the universe. <laughs> it would. We got to get a hold of him. I saw him one time in a carpet store. That's which God. They, that, a carpet they, yeah. store. I swear to God. Oh, my God. He was flying on the carpet. This is the greatest thing ever. I was shooting this movie that was ultimately called Smother, and we had rented out a carpet store in the deep North Hollywood Valley. And we're in there, and then someone came in, in. and he wanted to buy a very small carpet. No. But but he did want carpet, and everyone was like, the store is shut down for filming. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm I'm in the filming industry. I still want to buy some carpet. Right. He, he couldn't, you know. Mm. He thought he thought this, his yeah. Sinbadness wow. was, or I'm I'm projecting. I think he oh. thought he was going to be able to get the carpet, anyways. But yes, yep. that really happened. Okay, okay. Oh wow, that's that, too good mm. to be true. Also, it is a little suspicious. It's, I've only met him once. <laughs> it was a carpet store. magic carpet store. <laughs> now, okay, I want to go back to the clip for one second because mm. I do want to point mm. out one thing. Mm. When people give proof of fate, it is always the case that like. I would do it with you, or I would do it with Monica. Mm. What are the odds Monica offered to babysit her kids? That seems crazy. Mm. What are the odds? I want to know about conspiracies. They find you. Turns out I'm obsessed with Tickle. Didn't even know it was you, blah, blah, blah. Now here you're you're sitting here. That all feels like fate. But people never go, oh, fate was also meeting this guy who I fell in love with, who introduced me to drugs, who fucked up my life, who got me fired. Like they only focus on the things that are suspiciously good. They never focus on the things that were just abjectly terrible. Yeah, terrible or ordinary. Like yeah. all the all this very ordinary things that lead us through each day. 99.99999% of what we experience is just yeah. that. Yeah, and the examples we pick as being evidence of simulation theory are all incredibly self-centered. Look at this amazing thing often that happened to me. My mom. This isn't possible. Survived this impossible car accident. And so when I heard that one, I was like, well, that is exactly what gave rise to my own belief that it could be possible, which is simply Mm. it is way too good to be true that I am sitting here with this job and I'm from Michigan and I'm not smoking crack right now. That seems impossible. How did this happen? And it's very egocentric. Yeah, 100%. And it's also not really giving yourself enough credit through life. It's like really just saying somebody's doing all this and giving me all this and It is weird. Which is a similarity to religion again, right? It's a similar thing. Also, it's a paradox because it's egomaniacal to think that I'm in a simulation. The the whole thing's been designed so that I could have this experience, right? So that's egomaniacal. And then weirdly, it's not because to your point, I don't feel the pride and 
Yeah, you didn't do true, anything. Yeah, I didn't do anything. So it's like, yeah. it's very diametrically opposed. On one side, I don't I, think I could have possibly accomplished any of this. I think that's why it's such a fun discussion. And th- there's another thing I just want to play that Rodney said as well. He talked to this other guy in his film called Eric, who had like just an added level of like fucked upness for this whole thing. Oh, good. <laughs> one person that we talked to, Eric Davis, who writes a lot about the intersection of religion and technology. He talked about Eastern traditions of other worlds and stories and legends of, you know, people who transport through one way or another into another world. And he says, once that happens, that calls into question the primacy of the original world. Once you get to a second world, there's no reason to think that your first world is the one and only right? <laughs> you go one level in, then you start to imagine, well, what's above me? Even the way that like, some of these guys talk about Minecraft, right? That when you think about a human's relationship to the characters that you play on the video games, you know, you come out of the game and then you're, well, what's my relationship to the creators? And how similar is that? So yeah, if we're in a simulation, if our simulated reality goes on long enough and we reach that technological threshold and we break through that threshold and we start simulating other mm. creations, then, hey, how deep are we in this? Oh, wow. Are we in a simulation that's being simulated by someone that's being simulated <gasps> by someone that's being simulated by someone? Ad infinitum. Now, to me, this perfectly parallels religion because when I sometimes will debate people who believe in God, they'll go, okay, but the Big Bang, great. Let's say there was a Big Bang. What was before the Big Bang? Where did the Big Bang happen in? What was the space in which the Big Bang, so that space existed before the Big Bang, right? And then they go, you know, so it's got to be God. But for me, then my question is, where did God come from? Why why does that, why is that more peaceful? Why is he the full stop? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that's peaceful to think God's always existed, but not the universe has always existed. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. the same problem that you've got yeah. in both scenarios. Yeah, I'd say it's even more complicated because now you're dealing with... But they think he's benevolent. So that's why it's easier to believe that because there's some he's good. protection there that you're not getting from the universe. And the, I, I think is what they would say. Yeah, I guess the threat of the universe is that it's completely meaningless yeah. and it can end. That perfectly segues into my next question, which is does it matter to you if we are Mm. in a simulation, right? So like, does it bother you that this is real or not real? You posed that question the first time we talked about it, and I've brought it up a few times to Monica. I'll I'll say Mm. like, well, it's kind of like what David said, like, does it fucking matter? I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same way. Yeah. So there's another question I think that's quite good to think about, and that is if there was this magical machine, basically like, Neo in the Matrix, like we're living our lives. You've got an option where you can plug into a machine. The rest of your life will be full of like bliss. You'll be the master of your own domain. You'll be good at everything. Whatever your dreams are, they'll be fulfilled. Mm. But none of it's going to be real. But once you're plugged in, you don't know that. So you're just in heaven. Do you take that step to jump into that world? Like you've just said it it doesn't bother you if you're in a simulation or not. Right. But if you're making the decision to be in that simulation, would you make that call still? Am I leaving this world right now that we live in? Yeah, you're never going to, all this is, you're never going to see me again, Dax again, Rob again. But you won't, once you're in, you won't know that. You won't miss them. It'll just be pop, imagination land. 
That's a brilliant Ooh. hypothetical because at first he got you to admit that if this is a simulation, you're not bothered by it. Yeah, because I yeah. like my life. Yeah. yeah. Then he at the same time can get you to admit you would not leave this to join one that was better. Well, what Which, if it's not better? Well, no, no it but is. it is. It's oh, it I guarantee sure is. you that once you plug into this machine, your life, I mean, your life's great. It's going to be. You sleep like a baby every night. You have no depression. Your flies only come when you're ready for them to come. No, there's no periods in the Well, simulation. no, it's when you want. <laughs> no, when, you want, when you're in the mood for <laughs> flies. Yeah, it's like. No, yeah. I want some flies. It's been a while. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you God. do it? But I'm. See, it's weird because it makes you contradict yourself immediately, which I love. Yeah, I think it does. It's a really good question. You're like a philosopher. No, I'm so privileged. That's what it means. I am so privileged that I am. You're afraid to leave here to go to a perfect place. Yes. And that just, yeah. That it says nothing except that I. You're spoiled. well, yeah. Yeah. No, but also, no, but it also says that you appreciate that it's real. Thank you. Look, I'm uh, you. The spoiled is a very triggering word for you. Well, you and I are fucking spoiled beyond By belief. Life, yes, yes, I mean, it's yes. atrocious how spoiled yeah, we are. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so yeah. so would I? Ha- I would have different parents and everything. Well, you'd have yeah. whatever, whatever you the want. Dream. Oh my god! So Does it, it go? might be. By the way, it <laughs> might be that you plug in. It's the exact same thing oh, you're experiencing. Like if you think this is sweet. perfect, then you would plug in and you would have the exact same experience. Yeah, but you get like a slightly. You'd be dating Brad Pitt. You get a slightly better sleep. No, you'd just be fucking Brad Pitt. You'd (laughs) you'd have even like a better boyfriend for like all your other needs, but then you would (laughs) pound Pitt every night. Yeah, I'd plug in. (laughs) (laughs) Now that you're fucking Brad Pitt, so it comes down to sex, and we're all leaping in. But no, it's just it's an interesting scenario to run to think about. You know, it doesn't matter if this is biologically real or just made up. Yeah. So how I come to peace with this is the exact same way I came to peace with my fear of not believing in God when I was a kid. So my grandma Yules insisted I prayed every night and I would be doing the prayers and I'm like, nobody is listening to me. Yeah. And then, oh fuck, if it is real, I'm betraying the thing and I'm going to end up in hell mm-hmm. because there's no way to game the system. Uh-uh. So I literally pulled the plug on thinking about it. I'm like, if there is a God, he'll know I'm faking it. So I'm just done. Yeah. And so similarly with this, yes, if this is a simulation, I don't know who gives a fuck. And if it's not a simulation, great. What I know for certain is I will not get the answer in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. Okay, one more scenario. We're all intelligent. We're not super intelligent, probably. Like we're not physicists and we we don't know the maths. But if we were that and we had a chance to break out of the simulation, would you want to push towards that? Like all of us Mm. sitting here, I think we kind of think like, ah, we're in it. We can't even get out of it, so that's fine. Oh, right. But for the neos the op- of yeah, the world. Yeah, if you're the, if for the neos of the world, if you have the opportunity oh. to break out and you don't know whether it's you're going to be breaking out into something better, whether you're a bit of code and your life will disintegrate, whether yeah. you're a human body plugged in, maybe there's a, a world that's more interesting. Yeah. Would you try or would you just sit back and go, ah? I, I want it because the risk of not having my children on what other. That's what I'm saying. Your fake children would thing. disappear. Yeah. Yeah, so I would never risk it. Yeah. And also, my assumption is it's worse. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Chances are it's going to be Neil worse. When Neil came out, he was in a fucking, <laughs> like, was, rusted out hellhole. It wasn't, yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. No, it wasn't good. The no. other thing that amazes me is that The Matrix came out over two decades ago. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. 
that's one of the most. That, that's that is almost matrixy. Yeah, yeah, it's too advanced that movie. Yeah, no, it really for is for the time. Yeah, it really is. And and people give the Matrix a lot of credit. I watched this amazing clip of Philip K. Dick, the sci-fi author, talking about simulation theory in like the mid seventies. And this was when computers couldn't really do much. I think like the Apple II was out, not much more than that. And he sat down at a conference and talked about simulation theory like in depth. Like right. we're definitely like lines of code in a computer. And that was just, for me, like Philip K. Dick was kind of like the genius of simulation theory. Because, you know, he's a sci-fi author, Minority Report, Blade Runner, all that stuff. And he was coming up with these ideas like years ago. So as, you know, Elon Musk is walking around at the moment. And, you know, I've got some issues with Elon, but he's doing some pretty amazing stuff. Elon's wandering around talking about simulation theory and everyone gets excited about it. Like, everyone's been talking about this for so long before that. Okay, great. Two things. One, I watched him give a talk, the guy you just said. that Yeah, Philip K. Dick. Yeah. And he is brilliant, and he struck me as crazy listening to him talk. Absolutely. Yeah. He was somewhere else. Yeah, I think he's, like, has some something. Oh, absolutely. He's had some mental health issues, for sure. Well, if he he knows that we're in a simulation, and he's the only one who knows for certain, of course you're going to have mental health issues. Yeah, he spoke about it with such confidence as well. It was, like, really blowing people's minds. And that, you know, he said essentially that informed most of his work and like there would be no matrix without the novels of like philip k dick the few times i've said this i always get a bunch of pushback because i think people think i'm saying something different than i am but i really do believe if there was a huge meta study of everyone in let's just say the u.s Mm -hmm. if you ask 330 million people if they believed in the simulation Mm -hmm. and then you charted that against their income their health outcomes all the stuff, I think you'd see a perfect correlation between the people who believe in simulation or people who are having way too good of a time in life. Elon Musk mm. being the prime example. Like, wait, I became yeah. the richest human being on planet Earth. I invented yeah. a car and a rocket. Like, that's the life is so good and that it gets suspicious. But I don't think yeah. if you're on welfare and you're fucking two your kids are addicted to opiates that you're like, this is a simulation. I just don't think that. I think it's a really good point. Everyone talking about simulation theory is coming from a slightly privileged place. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think there's a huge correlation. There. I do too. And, and pointing the finger at myself. Like mm-hmm. I at least acknowledge it's because yeah, I, I, I we... think I'm too much good shit. Yeah. Before we wrap it up, there's this other thing that this director, Rodney, talked to me about that I really liked because he made a film I really loved called The Nightmare, and that's about sleep paralysis. Like, have you ever experienced Yes, sleep? I have. I had it. Yeah, right. So, yeah, essentially, like, explain it, because I haven't had it. You're- I had it in college once. I was taking a nap, and then I woke up from the nap. I was awake, but I could not move my body. I was stuck, but I was awake. I was locked. So he made this film about this phenomenon, and what I didn't know about sleep paralysis is that a lot of people that experience it they all see the same figure, like walking oh. towards them, like standing in the corner of a room. It's like a shared reality that a lot of people have. Whoa. And so his idea to actually make a film about simulation theory came from one of the people he talked to that had had sleep paralysis. And I just thought this was like an interesting way into this film and, and like one other interesting take on who might be behind the simulation. <gasps> I actually sort of fell into this backwards. I was still working on The Nightmare, the project about sleep paralysis. And I was talking to someone who, when he was sort of in that state of consciousness, right, where he was seeing these kind of phantom, sinister ghosts looming over him, 
he believed that what he was seeing were, you know, the people outside of the simulation, the programmers, the testers, the engineers. And he started that line of a conversation with, are you familiar with simulation theory? And I wasn't. I knew what each of those words meant. And I kind of guessed what he was going at. But, you know, I had to go home and fire up the computer and realize that this idea that I was first introduced to in 90s science fiction, Matrix, Existence, 13th Floor, all dropping within a few months of each other, was something that people were taking as a real possibility. And once I discovered that, it was something that I kept thinking about. And what pushed my hand was when I started to come across stories, and a lot of these were on Reddit threads, but they popped up elsewhere too, where people would talk about you know, these true, bizarre things that happened to them and how in some ways they were evidence that we were living you know, in the Matrix. So yeah, I just thought it was like an interesting aside, this idea that there's a documented fact that a lot of people that have sleep paralysis see the same creature. That Maybe that's true. someone like outside of our little simulation. But my hunch with that is, first mm-hmm. of all, I believe them. I don't deny that there's some group of people that see the exact same thing in their sleep terror. But I do believe that upon thorough enough investigation, you would find they also shared a same trauma because there are these low percentage things that people do share and and there are sometimes predictable outcomes of those things so i don't doubt that that's true i just i doubt the explanation probably yeah and i think a lot of the reasons people jump to simulation theory can definitely be explained away in other ways a hundred percent and i guess it's just how you want to view your life and i guess some people just take that jump in the same way that some people take the jump into a religious faith in a way. It's like, this gives me an understanding and a framework to live in where I can kind of stop worrying a little bit. Because some people do find simulation theory like relaxes them and makes them feel like, oh, that explains why I exist and why I'm conscious. That's a reason I'm going to go about my day. Yeah. The whole time we've been talking about this, I've been lightly thinking of the parallel between the matrix and the Bible. So Anytime you discuss one of these theories, it goes first through my filter of the matrix. Like, oh, so this isn't like the matrix where there is a human plugged into the thing. Mm. Oh, it's not like, or it is like the matrix in this way. Uh, Would you want to break out of it like Neo? Like, so almost our full understanding of the concept, we have a shared document. Oh, that's that's why the matrix is so brilliant. It's like, it gives us the language and the visuals to talk about this really complicated thing. Yes. And because an author gave us their version of that that's kind of the one now i have because that's how it was introduced to me and the power of the first time you hear something so i have to assume that the bible was revolutionary in its thoughts it had to be a paradigm shatterer in its time you know there's some parallel there yeah like i just find myself like with this crazy devotion to the version laid out by the matrix (laughs) Because they did it in such a way that I understood it and it opened that whole thought up to me. And it's just, it's good storytelling. It's Mm -hmm. not even like the the Matrix is recycling a whole lot of ideas that have been around since Plato, essentially. Yeah. And the Bible is recycling a whole lot of ideas that were in Judaism and a million other sort of religions before that. Yes. But it tells the story in like the most compelling way. Yeah. And so like we latch onto it. It's good storytelling, right? It it taps into this feeling. We This was always my theory on why people like Goodwill Hunting is that we all... Because it's the best movie of all time. 
we all feel that we're secretly a genius no one has recognized or discovered. That's something we all kind of want to totally. believe it's about why, ourselves. Yeah, it's why every like Marvel film is so popular. The idea like yeah. you'll find you've got these like superpowers yeah. that you like never that have had been before. Missed by everybody. Yeah. It's like such a it's such a vindicating story. Absolutely. It's what we all want. Yeah. Yeah. So then so somehow Neo, yeah, it's like he knew he was right. This world was fucked. Yeah, completely. And he didn't belong in it. Yeah. And he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. He belonged in that horrible world. <laughs> fucking rusted it up. It wasn't spaceship. good. It wasn't fun. <laughs> no. Stressful. You always had those little robots trying to break into your ship. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Yeah, it wasn't until he found out he could just download like how to fly an airplane. That part was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That was, I want to rewatch The Matrix. I haven't watched it in about a decade. <gasps> David. We just kind of rewatched it recently. How we does it stack it. up? How's that bullet time looking? Listen. It's good. We just <laughs> finished our movie theater downstairs oh that is legit i, I want to come there and oh, let's the do matrix. a day yeah, yeah. i'd love let's that matrix oh my god day. let's watch I'd... shazam down there oh, <laughs> oh my god we should do that you should you should invite all your friends to come and watch shazam <laughs> and get everyone there well, and you... get them talking about shazam their memories yes. of it and why they're so excited to watch it again and and that's a great yeah. send out a hundred invites and yeah. whatever one person writes back there's no such movie. We'll the, know we're living in their simulation. Yeah, they're the one. They're, they're like patient <gasps> That's zero. How we could find out whose simulation we're in. Because we've all been encoded to believe there was a movie Shazam. Yeah, but if we're in their simulation, they would know that. That would be their glitch. They'd be like, why do they all think there's a movie Shazam? There wasn't. Yeah, completely. Or if they slipped up and like <laughs> weren't meant to admit that and they did, they'd, they'd have mucked up their whole cover. we got to root out whose <laughs> fucking all... sim we're all in. Oh. Yeah, now well, my dad. You already decided yeah, that. Yeah. One of my favorite things in the comments on the armchair feed is mm. people occasionally going like, "Just found out I got into Yale Law. Monica's dad's simulation is great." Like it's <laughs> people have taken it on. Like they've embraced that we're all in Monica's dad's simulation, and I just love it. That's one of my I favorite really, things taken on. I really, really like that. Oh, <laughs> it's a great, great way to give thanks. Yeah, to a is. show. It's like you just give thanks to a show. And he's like not understanding he's like what is happening i do not understand these weird comments but again i've explained that that is just like in westworld where like they show them a picture did you ever watch westworld i watched westworld yeah remember they would show them a picture of like normal life like in the 20th century and they literally couldn't see it no it's just like a blank it's a blank and so yeah. for her dad, when I tried to explain to her dad that we're in his simulation, he was like, it's like he didn't hear me. And he's <laughs> he a brilliant guy. He can't yes. Yeah. He's yeah, fucking absolutely. brilliant. And he did, it's like he didn't hear anything I said and just carried on to the next <laughs> conversation when it was over. It was like there was a void He was happened. probably panicked. Like I don't think that. he could hear it. Oh, yeah. oh it was just. <laughs> yeah, it was actually fuzzed out. He oh like daydreamed God. for two seconds. And then we were on to the next topic. <laughs> you as a baby and whether or not you were a brat. <laughs> this... <laughs> and by the way, he was wrong about that as well. No, he was absolutely <laughs> right. He was absolutely in right. New, in New Zealand, like brat is a term of endearment. Is it the same here or is no, it a negative? it has a negative uh, connotation. Uh, so I, don't, I shouldn't call you a brat. Well. I wouldn't love it. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's. It's. <laughs> It's, I would argue it's like many words that are negative, but if you love someone and you use it, it's okay. Right? You know, there's a lot of. That's what he likes to say because he uses it a lot to describe me. Yeah, and I love you. I know, but I don't love it. But you're still hating it. (laughs) Absolutely hating it. So bratty of her to not love it, the term (laughs) of endearment. (laughs) What kind of brat would reject a term of endearment? Endearment. Okay, so we've all agreed to stay in the simulation. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're here. Cool. I'm happy with it. And that. we're going to stop even trying to figure out whether there's proof or not proof. It'll present itself. I think that's fair. That's how I feel about death. Like, I'll either be wrong or right. We'll find out. Time will tell. What a shock that'll be. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, David. Bye, David. Nice to be here. <laughs>